and who else? And the Christian, but most people will never read the first four. Ooh, I'm going to talk about that today. That's what I want to lean on today. And uh, we showed you that. Watch this. Our text is Matthew 5. We're going to jump right into it because the children uh, want me to preach short today. Amen. All right, Matthew 5. Sorry, too late. Amen. Matthew 5, New International Version. Let's read. Everybody help me out. The Bible says this. You are the salt of the what? But if the salt loses its what? Saltiness. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for what? Ooh, you're the salt of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, that's some strong words. Jesus is like, you good for nothing. Amen? But, but, but to be what? To be thrown out and done what, y'all? Trampled underfoot. Verse 14, you are the what? And a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a what? And put it under a what? Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. 16, in the? In other words, the Bible is saying, so what I just told you, in the same way, this is what I want you to do. Here it goes. Let your light do what, y'all? Before what? That they may see your good what? And glorify who? In heaven. Now, I want to read it from the Message Bible. How many are familiar with the Message Bible? Man, if, if, you, if you're trying to get deeper in the word and better in your study life, you can't really understand KJV and stuff like that. Grab your KJV, put it next to you. Grab your NIV, put that there, whatever, whatever V you're working with. And then also put the message. The message helps you to understand stuff from real point. I'm going to show you right now. Here it goes. Uh, let me tell you, same verse, just a different version, all right? Watch this. Let me tell you why you are here. <laughs> I like that. It's a straight, straight talk, right? You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. <laughs> uh-huh. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? <laughs> ah, what else? What else? What else? You've lost your woo, usefulness and will end up in the what? <laughs> Can we go to verse 14 and 16? Here it goes. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be what? Bringing out the God colors in the... God is not a secret to be kept. Uh, how, many of you, how many of you can say right now, man, God in you is like fire shut up in your bones. Uh, see, y'all, y'all don't, I don't got no witnesses out here. I mean, for real, how many of y'all can't help but talk about Jesus? <laughs> oh, that's why I'm going to preach this sermon today, because I ain't getting no response on that. Amen? We're going public with this. He said it's not a secret to be kept. I love this. I love this. I love this. I, I got an illustration about this uh, with me and Shanae. We're going public with this. Ladies, if you're dating a guy and uh, he just wants y'all to be on the, on, the, on the low, don't want nobody to know, then you cut his behind loose. Come on, say amen. It's time to go public. Don't call me your girlfriend in secret. Come on, say amen. If, you, if he go public, you know he real. Come on, say amen. Hold my hand in, in front of your boys. Come on, say amen. Jesus said the same thing. He says, we're going what, y'all? We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, do what, y'all? Ah, shine. Keep open the house. Be what? Generous with your what? By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I want to talk about today the power of influence. Holy Spirit, we ask right now for a move of God. Amen. Amen. So influence is a, is a very powerful thing, and I want to show you a video right now to 
open up your appetite to it. Do we got any volume on this? You ready? Had it not been for a surveillance camera inside the psychiatric emergency room at Brooklyn's Kings County Hospital, we may never have known what happened to 49-year-old Esmond Green in the moments before she died. As she struggles on the floor, several people walk by, but no one does anything to help her. And it takes nearly an hour before a medical team arrives to treat her. The New York Civil Liberties Union released this videotape showing Green falling to the floor in the emergency room around 5.30 on the morning of June 19th. About 20 minutes later, a security guard comes into view. He walks in, he stands there. We actually think there's a television up in the top. We think he's looking at the TV, but he's clearly got <coughs> the patient in view, and he walks away. Green was in the ER waiting for a bed to become available. At one point, the woman can be seen struggling to free herself from the chairs. And at another point, she appears to make an effort to get up. A copy of her medical records contradicts the tape listing her at the same time as being awake, up and about, even going to the bathroom. At about 6.10 a.m., lawyers say a second security guard enters the room. Here he comes, into the room, checks her out. He can't even get himself off his chair. He sits there, and then you'll see him wheel himself away. Finally, around 6.30 a.m., medical personnel arrive. Green is later pronounced dead. The New York City Health and Hospitals Corporation... All right, 6.30... 6.30, she came in at 5.30, an hour later, she's dead. Now here's the thing, this is the point I wanna make. There's so many issues with this video, so many that we could talk about. Uh, but here's, here's, here's the point I wanna, I wanna, I wanna show you. Um, first of all, there, there is this thing, and I don't know if I have the slide, yeah, it's called the bystander effect. The reason why this woman died is because of a sociological principle called the bystander effect. What is it called, everybody? the bystander effect. And all of us, although you weren't in that room, I'd like to think, I'm telling you, everybody's a hero in the hypothetical. Everybody's a hero in the hypothetical. If I was there, that wouldn't have gone down. But every day, many of us fall, in, fall prey to the bystander effect principle, the sociological principle, which basically says uh, it's a phenomenon that refers to cases in which individuals do not offer any means of help to a victim when, watch this, y'all, other people are present. Did you catch that? The more people present, the less likely people are to move and get help. Watch this. The probability of help is inversely related to the number of bystanders. So as we begin to start talking about salt and light today, one of the things that we're going to discover, especially when we consider this sociological principle and we look at this lady, is the reason why nobody helped the lady is because everybody standing around was assuming that somebody else was going to do it. Case in point, uh, you know, just, just, you know, all the violence that's been happening in the city of Cleveland, especially in the 4th District. I mean, I, I'm just hoping, like, ch the church is supposed to be the organization that watches the news and solves all the problems they see. But the truth of the matter, matter is, when we see stuff happening in society, our mindset is, is oh, police will take care of it. FBI will handle it. Uh, child social services will handle it. When God started the church, God started the church to be solution, not to be bystanders. And what happens is, is like what happened to this lady. Isn't this tragic? Can you imagine if this was your grandmother? Can you imagine if this was your mother? Can you imagine if this was your sister? People sat there. A security guard. My God. Two of them. Rode, one rolled, cruised in on a chair. Looked at it. I mean, no, for real. I mean, like, I, we could really analyze. We could spend the rest of the day analyzing, I mean, what the issues were, the implications are. And this stuff happens all the time. 
especially in big cities, especially when there was a lot of people. I, I, there was also a, a situation that happened in New York where I think it was in the Crown Heights area uh, in particular, there was a man being mugged and stabbed to death outside of his brownstone. People were watching from the windows and people closed their windows. Nobody wanted to be responsible. Oh, I'm gonna tell you right now, a lot of stuff that's happening in this city, it's all connected. They're trying to make it seem like black people are just doing this because we out here crazy. A lot of this stuff is retaliatory murders and vengeance and revenge. But a lot of it is happening because there's a rule amongst us, even as Christians, where you don't snitch. Oh, help me out. No, 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 no. I understand. I understand. I understand. Uh, Pastor, you don't live in my shoes. You don't live in my neighborhood. If I, if I speak up and if I say something, it could cost me my life. Well, keep saying that until one of your children gets killed. Keep saying that until somebody in your house gets gunned down. Keep on holding on to your no snitch rule until somebody else close to you gets killed. You ain't talking that foolishness when something happens to you. But it's a selfish mindset in our society where the majority of where the majority of us are. We look at evils in society and we do nothing. And this is why we do nothing because we're influenced by the do nothingness of other people. The more people doing nothing, the more you do nothing. That's why there are whole churches that don't do nothing. And the minute you try to do something, you're running against a, a culture that's going to fight against you. Why? Because when there's a culture of do nothing, the minute you try to do something, you are in the minority and the bystander effect happens. Some of you, your whole lives, you've been a bystander. You've been watching stuff. God's been speaking to you. You've been seeing situations. God's been speaking to you. But God is calling for a people to be an influence in our society. God, thank you for Martin King. Yeah, I know he had issues. I know he had problems, but he had guts. Can you imagine the FBI, CIA tapping your phones? Can you imagine uh, being recorded? Can you imagine having your house bombed? Knowing, he said, I looked over into the promised land. He knew he was going to die after the poor people's march, but he wasn't scared to make a difference because he took ownership for everybody and saw them as his. And I'm not trying to be a part of a church that sits around and analyzes why churches ain't doing this and why people ain't doing that. We got enough analyzers out there. Come on, talk to me. We got enough people out there who know how to analyze. God is looking for some solution makers, people to make an influence. Oh, I feel my help today. What is influence? Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something or affect itself. Let me just break this down. I want everybody to be clear because most of y'all think I have influence and you don't. Everybody in here has influence. And let's be clear on this. When you, at the judgment, see, most of us think we're going to be judged. I ain't sleeping with nobody. I stopped, I stopped smoking. I ain't drinking. That's the only sin we think of. Stuff we don't do. And most churches are characterized by what they don't do. Especially us. We don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do that. What do you do? Well, no, what do you do? Hey, who are you helping? Oh, who are you blessing? What are you doing? No, 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 what are you doing? I know you don't go there. I know you don't do this. What are you doing? What, no, what are you doing? Who are you helping? Who's, who's being saved? What miracles are happening? I mean, there's some churches, they don't never have a baptism. Ain't nobody getting saved. Nobody joining. I mean, what are you doing? Understand now, everybody in here is going to be held accountable at the judgment for your influence. Why? Because everybody's being watched. Look, I remember I saw Enemy of the State for the first time. Anybody see Enemy of the State with Will Smith? So how many knew back then? What was that, the early 2000s? How many knew back then that was real? Huh? The big brother in the sky watching us right now. Come on in here. If I were to say the wrong thing that would send a signal, oh, they'd start tapping my phones. Oh, y'all, I ain't trying to scare you. I'm just telling you how it is. There are certain coin language that you cannot use or that if you do use, they will put you on a list. Come on, talk. 
We're being watched. Now, uh, all of us know that. We're like, yeah, pastor, we're being watched. But beyond that, people are watching you on your job. Family members are watching how you conduct yourselves. Didn't I tell you last week you're the only word people reading? What are they reading? Wow. What are they reading? Mean. What are they reading? Bad attitude. What are they reading? Uh, uh, Selfish. What are they reading? Liar. What are they reading? Compromiser. What are they reading? Hypocrite. And you also know Jesus is going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it in you. Stop praying for Jesus to come down here and fix people when God has put everything they need inside of you and you're sitting up there doing Nathan. You're being watched. How many know you're being watched? How many have kids and your kids call you out? Oh, see, some of you, I don't let my kids call me out. Shoot, I just tell them like it is. They do as I do as I say, not as I do. Come on, brothers and sisters. My kids call me out on a regular. But daddy, you said, come on here. Like they quote the Bible itself. Didn't you? You said. Well, why are you doing this? Like we have this rule, no shoes in the house. Sometimes I'm in a hurry. Come on, say amen. And I don't got time to take my shoes off. I wear them says my shoes. And it's always when I do that that my kids will be like, didn't mommy say? <laughs> You're being watched. People on your job, they watching you. They listening to your conversation. They, la- they looking at what jokes you laughing at. They looking at, look, looking at how shady you doing your business. Oh, come on. The person who's doing your taxes sees you lying. And they know you a Christian. Oh, come on. Here's some scriptures on the power of influence. i got to move quickly. The children have asked me to. Proverbs 13, 20. What does it say? Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I'm going to tell you, right, listen. The problem with many of you here, one one of the reasons why you ain't moved from one level to the next is because of your environment. Some of you ain't going to ever grow talking about, I want to be a lawyer. Go find some lawyers and hang out with them. Talking about, I want to be a good husband. Well, stop hanging around your friends that cheat on their wives. I want to handle my finances better. Well, stop hanging around broke people all the time. Telling you to borrow money. Telling you to use credit card. Not teaching you how to say no when you ought to say no. Shoot, we got a rule. We don't lend money. We give it. Now, if you give it back, come on, say amen. But listen, I'm just telling y'all, brothers and sisters, if you want to be wise, hang, roll with wise people. There's some brothers in here right now that I just, I just build with. I mean, I'm just like, listen, I love the way he handled his business here. I love the way he do. Have you ever seen people you just look up to him? Uh, the other day, my, my, we drive by, what's the name of this uh, Shaker, uh, on Shaker, uh, uh, Lee Road, and, and we saw this, uh, there's an architect that's there, and my daughter, you know, she says she wants to be an architect. I got to hook her up. I got to, I'm going to walk, I'm not going to be scared. I'm going to walk in and say, she needs to hang around some architect. Listen, I'm saying, if you want to be saved, you want to be spiritual, you want to be God-fearing, you want to have the Holy Ghost, stop hanging around lukewarm people all the time. I'm not saying don't ever not hang around lukewarm people, but I'm saying if you want to go to the next level, should you not put yourself around the surroundings of people that's trying to go where you're trying to go? I'm going to tell you right now, I will say this, outside of the Holy Spirit, God, and grace, the number one thing that has moved me forward in life have been my friendships. It's been who I kick it with. 
And some of us so cowardly. I mean, just get pumped. Every time we roll around the wrong people, we just give in. We just do what they want to do because we don't want to look soft. We don't want to look like a punk. We don't want to look like we ain't cool. I mean, I'm telling you, what I have learned is the very people that we're often trying to impress, these people are looking to us. Like some of these, look, some of y'all, some, some of y'all do stuff because y'all trying to have fun, but the people you hanging with, they ain't doing it to have fun. They doing it because they're covering up pain. Now you trying to fit in with them, but they're really doing it because they're looking to survive. And they're looking for you to set yourself apart. Scared. Scared to say that wasn't funny. I'm not laughing at that. Scared not to cuss. You know you don't cuss all the time. And then you get around certain people and you just start flowing. Speaking in all kind of tongues. Just flow, flowing all in the unholy spirit. Some of y'all don't drink for real, but you just, I mean, people drink, and I, I just want to drink. I don't want to look soft. I'm trying to be a witness, pastor. I got to fit in. Shut up. They don't respect you. I'm telling you. There was a cat I went to school with, and I'm telling you, man, he wasn't the coolest cat. He didn't have the gear. He, I'm not going to call his name because some people would know him. He didn't have none of that stuff. He didn't have all the ladies, but he got it now. Oh, yeah, he's making good money. He loves the Lord. He's serving in his church. He's husband material now. He, the sisters wasn't paying him no attention then because he wasn't at the club. He didn't have his gear fresh. He wasn't in the in crowd, but he had standards. He had principles. He stood for what he believed. He didn't allow people to influence. Good Lord. Let me go to the next one. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Who are your friends? I'm telling you, there's a bunch of us in here, and I've been here. You, there's nobody that you know of. I mean, the list is so small of people you can call and say, man, I'm going through it. Let's go into prayer. The, the list is real small. I'm telling you, the, the larger the list, I'm saying the, the, more, the more significant people in your life are that's going to push you towards the things of God, iron sharpens iron. Here's the point I'm trying to make. It is impossible to not influence people. Some of you are saying, well, I'm not really doing anything positive, so I'm not influencing. Well, then you're influencing in the adverse way. Everybody in here is rubbing off on somebody else. Oh, now, I, I, ain't, I ain't come to preach this, but I'm going to have to lean on this right now. That's why when, when, and I'm saying this, this is totally pastoral, so it is self-serving, so I'll just admit it, all right? But so, this is why we need everybody to be a part of the ministry of the church. Because some of us feel like if I don't serve, it's no big deal. If I'm not a part, it's no big deal. I just come show up. Pastor don't really need me. He needs the stars. He needs the elders. He needs the associate pastor. He needs the musician, the praise, worship leader. But my job is just to come and get fed. But I don't see that in God's word. Yeah. I see God trying to raise up people who know they got a calling, yeah. who know they got influence, yeah. who know they got a testimony, yeah. who know that they've been through some things and God brought them out. And they, and they, and they covet they covet their ministry. They guard their ministry, and they are not about moving up the ladder. They're not about trying to impress people. They pass that now. How many are getting past that mess where you're done trying to, you're now ready to live on purpose. You're now ready to do what God told you to do. Second Corinthians 6 talks about this. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what righteousness and wickedness, for what do, I'm sorry, righteousness and wickedness have what, y'all? In common. <laughs> huh? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? 
What agreement is there between the temple of idols, uh, uh, the temple of God, and idols? For we are the temple of who, y'all? And as God has said, I will live with them and walk where, y'all? Among them and, I'm sorry, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Now, let me, some folks take this too far. They believe, oh, we are peculiar people. We set apart. The Bible says come out of the world and be separate. And so you really think you're doing God's will because you have, let me say, let me say it this way. I'll, I'll just put it like this. If you don't have any friends who are unbelievers, you're going to hell. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I just went right to it, didn't I? Some of y'all have, when y'all join the church, y'all cut everybody off. Question, this, let me tell you why you're going to go to hell. Because you stop loving the people that God called you to minister to. How do you, listen, now, this, that's not what this text is talking about. This text is saying, be careful who you do business with. This text is saying, be careful who you marry. This text is saying, be careful what church you go to. This text, this text is saying, be careful who you, who's a spiritual influence in your life. Be careful what kind of intimacy you have with certain people, because if you get too close, their influence is going to rub off on you. I ain't saying, listen, and some of us take this too far. We don't even got no friends anymore that's not saved. Yeah. I'm telling you now, I love the smell of smoke still. I love the smell of alcohol. I, hey, show, show me somebody that got some problems. Why? Because God has made me to be a blessing to people that need him. I am careful in who I hang with, yes, but I understand that my mission is not to come out of the world. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. Now, I must hasten to say this. Some of y'all can't handle hanging around certain stuff. Amen. <laughs> oh, amen. Oh, let me go on here. Uh, all right. Christ object lessons. This is uh, from the pen of Ellen White. She gives us some good stuff on influence. I want, I, I want to share some of it with you before I sit down. Your atmosphere. Ooh, this is good. Ooh, this is good. Watch this. Every soul is surrounded by an atmosphere of its own. An atmosphere, it may be charged with life-giving power of faith, courage and hope, and sweet with fragrance of love, or it may be heavy and chilled with the gloom of discontent, selfishness, or poisonous, with deadly taint of cherished sin. By the atmosphere surrounding us, every person with whom we come in contact is consciously or unconsciously affected. Let me illustrate this way. How many of y'all used to watch Charlie Brown back in the day? Uh, what's the boy's name? Pigpen? Yeah. Everywhere he went. Okay. Oh, help me out. I think I lost about, I think I lost all the millennials in here. Where my, where my, where my folk that was born from yeah. the 50s? Come on, son. All the way on up to, to the late, to the early 80s. Come on, say amen. amen. Every Christmas. Come on, say amen. amen. We watched his old stank behind, huh? Walk everywhere he goes, just dirt and, and mess with him. Oh, I'm going to lean on that right there. What, ho what homegirl is saying is, is everybody carries an atmosphere. <laughs> everybody has a spirit. Have you ever heard people say, she got an evil spirit? Or, or she, she got a mean spirit or a lustful spirit. There's some, some, some of y'all can't be around somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband. You got a adulterous spirit. Yeah. Some, some, some of you can't be trusted around counting the money of the church yet. Can't count it yet. You've not yet overcome that stealing spirit. Some, some, of you, some of you all can't handle the success of other people 
Because you got a hating spirit. He said, anytime God does something good in somebody else's life, you're always trying to figure out uh, what they did wrong. I'm going to lean on that gossiping spirit. There is a gossiping spirit amongst so many of us where we just feel at home and and comfortable dogging out other people. Oh, Lord, help us today. But what I've discovered is, is there's also a positive spirit, the spirit of the living God that many of us carry that's not poisonous or toxic. Oh, let, let, me, let me go back again. How many of y'all, when y'all see somebody coming, you already know what's coming with them? You already know. You're going about to be drama. Are there people, if you say, man, Lord, bless me with a car today. Oh, for real? I just got a Lexus uh, five minutes ago. You're like, they always one up on you. Oh, my kids, man, my son, he was, he had 2.0 GPA. Lord brought him up 2.5. Oh, man, my kids studying Mandarin, and they, and they, like, they, they had magnet school, and one of them on his way to Harvard at five years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's some people have an insecure spirit. You know what I'm saying? They can't never rejoice with anybody. They can't never celebrate nobody. Some of us have a critical spirit. Don't nothing, if it, we ain't doing it, it ain't right. If we're not controlling it, it ain't no good. If we didn't have no say in it, then there's something got to be wrong with it. And, and any little thing we see, we tan it up. We carry an atmosphere. The question today is, is when you show up, what shows up with you? Oh, my bad. Watch this. Um, yeah, irresistible influence. What is power, y'all? And character, here's the crazy thing. See, the thi- see, what creates our atmosphere is not the stuff that people see. It's what people don't see. Let's go back to lust. If you got a lustful spirit, most people don't know it because they're not with you in dark times. But that spirit, that's why every time somebody walks by, you, I mean, you. <laughs> Man, I was at Home Depot the other day and I felt some kind of way at this guy at the, at the register. My wife will get mad at me, but I, I mean, why you, why you want to know? I mean, what, what, what? Hey, hey, listen, married folks, especially brother, have you ever. If, <laughs> Now, look, no, I'm about to tell on myself. Have you ever seen, like, so, you know, your wife walked by, and you know she's looking good today, and somebody else, you know, uh-huh. you watching to see if they're going to look at her. Well, how do you know that they might look? <laughs> because if the roles was reversed. <laughs> but you'd be uptight. What you looking at? Let me, uh, let me make a suggestion. You got to calm down with that now. These people will kill you. It's like, I know she's fine. Come on, baby, let's go home. Because this man might kill me. Come on, say amen. Character is power. And character is not who you are in the day. Character is who you are when people can't see. The silent witness of a true, unselfish, godly life carries an almost irresistible influence. So the point is, is that if I have the love of Christ in me, if grace is at work in my life, now I'm not saying you're perfect, but I'm saying God working on you. If God is working in your life, oh, people love to be around somebody who's not dog, who's not perfect, but, all, but who's making progress. Talk to me. How many are attracted to people with a testimony? 
How many want to be around folk that God is working in their life? I, I discovered that it's an irresistible influence. People just want to be down with an overcomer. Oh, have mercy. People want to be down with victory. I want to be a part of a winner. And when you are winning, you'll always have haters. That's why I hate the Patriots. God, I hate them. I hate Tom Brady. He's such a handsome man. I mean, he dressed so nice. He got six, seven, eight, 20 Super Bowls. Bill Belichick can't stand him either. But you know why I hate him? Because they keep winning. You hear me? And I'm saying when God is working in your life, yes, you will have an irresistible influence with people. But also when God's working in your life, you're going to have a slew of folk who are insecure, who don't understand what God's doing in their life. And they feel worse when they see what God's doing in your life. But let me tell you something right now. Don't, don't, don't pull back on the goodness of God. Don't try to oppress the move of God in your life when you come around people uh, because they're insecure with their stuff. Don't boast. Don't gloat. But don't pretend that you ain't as blessed as you are. Don't, don't try to hide what God's doing in your life. Tell them you got baptized. Tell them you got saved. Tell them you got delivered. Tell them God took you out of some stuff. And why not praise God? In their face, make the devil a lie. Open up your mouth and say, I used to be on drugs, but God saved me. I used to be a womanizer, but God lifted me up. I ain't scared of you. My testimony is for real. My worship is for real. And I, oh, well, I'm preaching hard, and ain't nobody talking back to me. Hello, somebody. My God. Let's go. Not optional. There is a responsibility from which we cannot free ourselves. Our words, our acts, our dress, our deportment. Even the expression of the countenance has influence. Upon the impression thus made, there hang results for good or evil, which no man can measure. Every impulse thus imparted is a seed sown, which will produce its harvest. It is a link. Now, I love this. In a long chain of human events, extending we know not whither, if by our, let, me, let me just go, let me, let me say this. So I told a story this morning and didn't even know that the story I was telling happened at Glendale. When C.D. Brooks was pastoring here, there was a lady who made a decision to give her life to the Lord and join the church. But her husband said, if you do, I'm going to blow your brains out. <laughs> where, them, where the Bozeman's at? Where's Linda Bozeman? <laughs> I, I'm talking about that this morning and didn't even know. Listen, the seed sown Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I moved so fast. So what happened in the story is, is like <laughs> sister decided she was going to get baptized anyway, which was your great grandmother. Wow. In the face of the husband saying, I'm going to blow your brains out. She said, I'm going to go ahead anyway. Long and short of the story, she didn't get killed. Husband who threatened to kill her joined the church. He was an elder in this church. <laughs> now Linda's here. Fred is here. Alan's here. Alan's wife is here. Y'all not hearing me. His children are here. You don't know the influence that you have. See, one decision you make has salvific proportions on people that ain't even alive yet. I'm telling you, man, I told the folks in first service, the greatest feeling in the world is what come from folks come up to me and say, Pastor, you baptized me, and here's my son, and here's my daughter, and here's my children, and we're still standing in the faith. There is no greater feeling Get paid. Go ahead. Get paid. Get your money. Get your 401k. Get your bank set up. That ain't going to make you feel better than when folk come and say your life made a difference. 
I never told you, but I watched your marriage. And I saw your marriage save my marriage. I saw you at lunch break praying in your car. I never said nothing to you, but I knew you were praying for me. Uh, let, me, let me close. All right. So, no, I do, I, need, I do need to say this. So watch what the text says. Scripture says, whoever is not with me and whoever does not gather with me does what? So if I'm not, Alicia, if I'm not intentionally seeking to lead people to Christ, then I am intentionally leading people away from Christ. Some of us secret agents out here, we swear we're on the Lord's side. But we say, Pastor, no, I'm not really... I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm just in the middle right now. Christ says there's no middle. Christ says either you're scattering, pushing people away from Christ, or you're gathering. How many realize that influence is powerful? All right, let's, let's end it with this text, salt and light. So watch what the scripture says, as I told you. It says, let me tell you why you're here. All right, can we end on this? You're here to be salt seasoning that bring out God's flavors of this earth. I love the metaphor of salt because... Salt does a couple of things. We know it preserves. We, we know definitely that, that salt purifies and stuff like that. And back in those days, you know, they, they salted meat because they didn't have refrigeration. And it preserved it from spoiling. We understand that God has put us as the salt of the earth to help preserve the world from destruction. Don't get me wrong. I want Jesus to come, but I want people to be saved too. I'm not so selfish where I'm like, Jesus, come now. And my family lost. I'm sorry. I want my family to be saved. And I'm saying, Lord, have mercy. Give us a little time until my sister gets saved. I, some of y'all are too selfish to even pray that. Some of y'all want him to come now, and you ain't even caring about people around you. Those of you who work at the clinic, I, I hope you're praying. Everybody in here gets saved. The Buddhist doctor, the, the, the Islamic nurse. I'm, everybody, I want all of them to know Jesus. Amen? But, 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 but more specifically, salt, the thing I love about salt is salt adds, it, it, it doesn't add flavor but it awakens flavor. You know that, right? It's an enhancer. What God's people have been called to do is to make the place we live in better. God put you where he put you because he's hoping that you're going to season the place and make it taste better than it was. Oh, anybody ever had, see, I, now I can make collard greens. I'm going to stand here today and tell you in the name of Jesus. I'll tell you, listen. Now listen, the Lord calls us to walk in humility on some things, but on this issue. <laughs> now, I'm, Sister, Gerald, Sister Geraldine Anthony can make a, a slap your mama uh, pound cake. And there ain't no sense in her being humble about that. I mean, she bad on that thing. But on these greens, I'm willing to see anybody. Let's have a greens making contest. <laughs> but, but, but listen, the difference. Now, let me, and as a, greens, as a greens expert, a greensologist. Now, now, some folk, they got to put smoked turkey in there to make it happen. You're cheating. Some of y'all got to put hog bogs in there. Uh-huh. But I, listen, I've learned, eh, I won't tell you, but I've learned how to awaken that thing without it. But when I was first trying to do it, my stuff would always be too salty. <laughs> now, too much salt, oh, y'all not hearing me, is unpleasant and nauseating. That's why God, see, right now we got a big pile of salt in this room. God ain't just pleased. See, it's all right for salt to be in the shaker. We're in the shaker right now, right? But at some point, the salt got to get out. But you ought not put too much salt in one place at a time. 
Now, no matter how much salt you put in something, salt is definitely going to McDonald's. You'll see. Why is it that in the meals they always have a drink? Because they know by the time you eat all that sodium and them fries and everything else, you're going to be what, y'all? Thirsty. Because salt naturally makes one thirsty. It encourages it encourages thirst. Watch this, guys. If, if the Bible says we're the salt of the earth, it means we're supposed to bring flavor to Cleveland Clinic. We're supposed to bring flavor to Ford. We're supposed to uh, bring flavor to the RTA bus that we ride on. We're supposed to bring flavor, where else? We're university, hospital system, metro, wherever you work. I'm not sure. Uh, Alcoa. Where, I don't know where you're working, but wherever you are, you, because you're there, I mean, like, you're, now, I know we got some haters, but, but people ought not be right about your attitude. Uh, if there's anybody that ought to make the workplace or the school place a better place, it ought to be Christians. Uh, the last thing they ought to say is that you're lazy. Oh, I, I can lean on that one right there. Good God Almighty. Like, if there's anything, you do more preaching with how you work than you do with your mouth. And people see you cheating. They see you taking sick days off when you ain't sick because you're going down to the horseshoe. Come on in here, somebody. If salt, somebody shout salt. salt. If I'm salt, salt, I'm supposed to bring flavor. Yeah. And I'm supposed to, I'm, in essence, I'm supposed to awaken the flavors of God. Yeah. And people ought to watch, all of this. People ought to watch my life and be inspired by what God is doing. I want my life to be an inspiration. I want people to see not only the success, but the struggle. People are not inspired by success. They're inspired by a man or a woman that has struggled, that has been through some stuff, that has fought through some stuff, that has survived some stuff. Some of you right now can use correct English, but you know back in the day you couldn't even talk right. You didn't know right from wrong. You never left your little neighborhood, but the Lord's been mighty good to you. And you can say, I was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. I want my life to be an inspiration. I want people to be moved by what I do. I want them to see me handle my wife with care and say, I want a marriage like that. I want them to see me at my son's basketball games and say, he loves his son. He loves his daughter. I want to inspire some of us don't even think like that. Your life matters. Somebody's watching you. Let me go here. What time is it? Oh, it's time to end. Your Facebook, your social media pages. Ladies and gentlemen, clean 